Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, it's Mr. Palumbo today. Today I want to talk about narratives. We're going to call this the five narratives about American history. I was reading this article by Dan McCullen, and he writes for National Review oftentimes, and... (laughs) Dan, I really appreciate this article. I'm going to talk I'm going to use it, but I'm not really going to talk about what you talked about. The article is called Why the Narrative Goals of the 1619 Project Matter. Okay? So he's talking about the 1619 project, what which I'm I'm dreading, but I know I'm going to have to talk about that. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about it today. I don't really want to specifically talk about the 1619 Project, but I do want to talk about narratives. Uh, If you guys are followers of this podcast, we push back hard on what we call the leftist narrative or the left narrative, right? And he outlines in this article five narratives about American history. And I read these and I was like, wow, man, he really... Um, articulated in a concise way, I'm kind of jealous, the different ways people view the history of the United States. And how you view the history of the United States is going to shape how you feel about the United States. So as we start, let's take a look at narrative first. What is a narrative? Well, a narrative is how you tell a story. Or to be more specific, a narrative is the perspective you use to tell a story. Every story, you've heard the term, there's two sides to every story. Well, there's many sides to every story. Uh, This is one reason why eyewitness accounts in a murder case or any criminal trial, uh, they're not cut and dry. They're not um, a slam dunk. Now, they can be. But it's been shown over and over that different perspectives change what we perceive to be what really happened. So quoting from the article now, it says, There are five major narratives about the founding and the development of America and its ideas, particularly as it concerns slavery and the place of African Americans in American history. What follows are, of course, simplified versions of these narratives, but they capture their essential thrust. While all five narratives contain some grain of truth, they are by no means equally accurate. So I want you guys, as I read these five narratives to you, I want you guys to think about what perspective are you using? What narrative do you go to? What is your go-to narrative of these five. Now you can have like me, and I'll share in a minute, you can be in kind of two different camps, three different camps. I don't know if you can be in four, but you you don't, it's not all one. You don't have to be in all one perspective, but you definitely probably have heard some of these arguments and you definitely are probably thinking, hey, that's the way I see things. So as we read, think to yourself, what perspective do you fall into? Okay, reading from the article, number one, first there is the heroic narrative. The heroic narrative basically 
only the good parts, is the story of America's triumphs and virtues with everything else left out or scrubbed into the margins. There is, however, virtually nobody who argues for the teaching of the heroic narrative above the level of introducing very small children to the highlights of the story first. Okay, so basically the historic narrative, according to Dan McCullen, is kind of the black and white, simplistic, pro-America, right? This idea of America is great, it's been chosen by God, it is special, here are all of the heroes of America, and it, it doesn't really touch on the complexities of history. It's not really going to touch on the, the complexities and the evils of slavery. It's not really going to touch on, uh, you know, controversial figures. It's really going to push the narrative of America is great. And notice, I, I love it when he said this. It really, it really stood out to me when he said, for, for young children, for elementary age children, maybe up to the age of grade three, this narrative is okay. This narrative is completely fine for doing what Ronald Reagan would call instilling informed patriotism. Now, Dan mentions that at the end of his article, so I, I can't take credit for that idea. But this idea of, and, and you know, if you've, if you've listened to the podcast, we talk about heroes. I'm a big fan of archetypes. I'm a big fan of heroes. When kids are small, we want to set that foundation of why they should love their country. Yes, we'll get into the complexities and the, quote, sins, unquote. But let's not muddy the waters right off the bat. The second narrative, according to Dan, is the lost cause narrative. Oh boy, here we go. The lost cause narrative is the child of the Confederacy and its partisans. In academic history, it is the most associated with the Dunning School of Historians, who were particularly influenced between the 1910s to the mid-1950s and left a lingering mark thereafter. It derives originally from the openly pro-slavery history and philosophy of antebellum figures such as John C. Calhoun, Thomas Roderick Dew, and Roger Tanney. Okay, just for some context, antebellum means before the war. So anytime you hear antebellum south, it means southern culture, southern society before the Civil War. Now, John C. Calhoun, he's like the guy that was senator for like a million years down south. I think it was South Carolina. Someone can check me on that. And Roger Tenney, that's the Supreme Court guy. That's the Supreme Court justice that I think helped draw up Dred Scott, which basically black people are property and they do not have any citizenship rights. Okay, so what does this narrative basically say? Well, Dan McCullen goes on to say, they argue that the Constitution was explicitly intended to promote slavery and white supremacy. They urge that it was legitimate and even necessary to exercise federal power to defend slaveholders' property rights, expand them into the territories, and acquire new lands for them. Okay, so I went to school. So I'm a California kid, born and raised California. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, 
I'm nothing like California. Anyway, I'm from California. Sometimes I feel a little funny when I say that. I should have been from Texas. Anyway, uh, so I'm from California, but I went to school. I went. I got my bachelor's and I got my master's in Virginia. And I remember, hey guys, some places down south, the Civil War is still going on. So this lost cause narrative is live and strong in the south. The war of northern aggression, things like this. Things like the southerners were only upholding the Declaration of Independence when they seceded from the Union. Or you've heard they were upholding states' rights. Now, I don't want to get into all that today. I want to keep it focused on the narratives. But you've probably heard some of these narratives. And if you're a Southerner, a proud Southerner, and you're a conservative proud Southerner, you probably have uh, mentioned some of these points. And you probably prescribe to some of this uh, narrative, the lost cause narrative. Number three is called the Union Narrative. In this narrative, the Union Narrative is a story of America's history and ideals told most eloquently by Abraham Lincoln. In the Union narrative, the Founding Fathers authored a new birth of freedom unlike anything that had come before them. They designed a wise system of government but left the job of making their ideas universal to later generations. Vital to the Union narrative is that the virtues of the founding are the new things in the world, whereas its vices are the old ones. Okay, so what is he saying there? He's saying, you guys, the Declaration of Independence, followed by, you know, for a brief time, the Articles of Confederation, and then the Constitution. These are the exception to the rule regarding human history. Most of human history is about oppression, it's about tyranny, it's about uh, corruption, it's about big government, it's about no rights for the common man. And here comes the colonies, the 13 colonies, and they give us a nation not founded on hereditary principles, not founded on a dynasty, not founded on a king or some despot, but founded on ideals and lofty ideals, right? We're all created equal and we're endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. You guys, this was radical. This is still radical. Well, you guys are going to say, because you all went to school and you all do the narrative we haven't talked about yet, but we'll get there. But all of you guys that went to college and you're all smart would say, well, Mr. Palumbo, well, Mr. Palumbo, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Mr. Palumbo, George Washington owned slaves. They all own slaves, Mr. Palumbo. They're all evil. Well, that's what the beauty is with this union narrative, right? McCullough goes on to say, in the union narrative, the founding generation saw slavery as evil and that it has existed since iniquity and it was inherited, so they inherited it in the pre-1776 world. They took short and long-term steps against it, but they also crafted the Constitution as a compromise. Now, we all sit from on high in our enlightened, anti-racism, multi-diverse world where men and women and blacks and whites and different languages all sit equal. And we look down on these people, right, as barbarians and slave owners, right? But they inherited this institution. It came from England, if you want to be honest. It didn't come from the Americas. 
And so the Constitution is what is something we, it's a dirty word today, but it was a compromise. Now I will say, and I will defend this, the word slavery is not in the Constitution. It's not in there. I think this really uh, really puts a, a stake in the heart of the lost cause narrative, claiming that the Constitution is pro-slavery. If something is pro-something, that word that you're pro would f- be found in the document. The fourth narrative is what McCollin calls the black narrative. He goes on to say, the black narrative is what it sounds like. It's a story about black Americans, told from their own perspective and in their own voices. It looks at slavery from the point of view of a great argument over principle and the rights of others, but from the inside, those who lived it, endured its hardships, struggled to preserve family chains, and had to make their way into freedom with the scars of the lash on their back. Okay, so the black narrative is a very specific narrative. It's looking at a specific group of people that had to endure or experience an American experience that was different than the white America. And for those that prescribe to the black narrative, we have to agree with them that for most of history, it has been, for the lack, you know, I guess pun intended, it has been whitewashed. Black narratives don't make many history books, or at least they didn't. I think we're trying to get to a point now where maybe the pendulum is swinging, and Dan McCullen is going to address this in a minute. But again, this idea of the black perspective is a very specific perspective seen through a group of people that had to endure a horrific institution that many of our ancestors or other ancestors did not have to endure. Now, that's not saying they didn't endure any hardships. We could look at America through the immigrant experience, the immigrant narrative, for example. Many Irish and Italians have stories of discrimination and hardship and poverty that they had to overcome. So again, these narratives are very specific and narrow. And finally, the fifth narrative is the radical narrative. And this is the one we are probably all familiar with at this point, especially if you've been to college in the past 20 years. Colin writes, In the radical narrative, the American ideas were always a humbug, a scam, a lie. And when written, a conspiracy of the elites against the masses, hello Marx, a cover for exploitation and abuse, The radical narrative, the core American institutions and emblems of American exceptionalism are illegitimate and hopelessly tainted by slavery and other sins. McCollin goes on to say, with respect to the five narratives discussed above, the positions are the heroic narrative is too simple, the lost cause narrative is bad, and the black narrative has been scandalously overlooked in American history and deserves to be heard. As I already just said earlier, I, I, I agree. I do think the black narrative and also the, the Native American perspective needs to be incorporated into the story of America. The way I see it, and some of you guys might not 
agree with this or you might think this is naive. I think they're all Americans. I think the Puritans and the other European immigrants that came to this country, I think the Africans that were forced here, I think the natives that tried to uh, resist this new current of people uh, overtaking their land, I think that's all of American history. And yes, we need to find ways to, to share all of their stories, incorporate that into the story. You, you can have a pro-America. You can have a pro-American story that does not neglect the sins. What I think, uh, I think what we're doing today is we're not overlooking the sins. That's all we're talking about. As if slavery is the sin. It is the most horrific human practice ever. Okay, now I would say, my brain's kind of firing here, I would say it's probably in the top five most horrific institutions ever. But what about abortion? Oh, no, Mr. Palumbo, no, no, now you're getting political. Now you're getting political, Mr. Palumbo. Uh, you, 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 You can't talk about that. I can't. Isn't that a horrific human institution that we inherited It's legal. There's nothing I can do about it. Even if I disagree with it, there's really nothing I can do about it. Do you know that uh, back in Thomas Jefferson's day, uh, there were laws, they were called black codes, that you could not free your slaves. And if you did, you had to support them. This is why uh, George Washington, if you look it up, he, he freed his slaves upon the death of his wife And many of his slaves he gave a pension to because that was part of the Virginia Black Codes. So a lot of you guys out there saying, oh, well, Thomas Jefferson should have freed his slaves. He's a hypocrite. Okay. There were laws on the books preventing many blacks from being free persons. You couldn't just let them go. I like the point that McCullough makes uh, where he says the union narrative is the best narrative to incorporate all of the good and the bad. And I have to agree with that. Guys, my philosophy is I am definitely in the heroic camp when it comes to young children. I'm definitely a unionist in the union narrative when it comes to, yes, we're not a perfect nation, but we're founded on ideals that are perfect and we need to strive to make a more perfect union. And then I also agree with the black narrative. It needs to be incorporated. It needs to be incorporated into the greater story. So when kids go to school, little white kids and little black kids go to school, they can find somebody in our history that they can look up to and say, that was my forefather. That was my ancestor. Gosh, I'm proud to be an American. So in closing, I hope you guys, as always, found this inspiring and edifying and you learned something today. I really hope you can think about what narrative do you tell the story of America? Because what narrative you use is the narrative you're going to tell your kids and their kids are going to tell their kids. So we need to have a realistic, but we still need to have a pro-America. We're teaching our kids to hate this country And these kids that are hating this country are going to lead it someday. And if you hate a country you lead, what do you think you're going to do for it?
Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please please go to my Facebook page. Give me a like. Please share this with somebody you know. If you have a question, a comment, a concern, you can email me at ProfessorLiberty1776 at gmail.com. Go throughout the land and proclaim liberty. See you next time, folks.